Coming up on the show, try new things. I really thought, what the hell? First, the terrifying tale of realizing you are on a grown-up lady date after all these years of just hangouts. Smile! Don't eat! Just keep drinking! It'll all be over soon! And I picked the brain of Nancy Hartunian. She's the producer of the Savage Love cast. If you spend time editing audio, you'll notice that there'll be the big, um, just before they drop a big bomb, you know? And I'll tell you the story of my trip to the Russian bath this week. Um, where I let a guy beat me with some branches. I feel like my sole purpose in that room was to make sure <laughs> that nothing went really bad. He didn't die and you weren't raped. I feel like that's what I was there to do. Stay with us. My heart is beating. Beating like a clock. My heart is beating. You can hear it talk. Beep, beep. Beep, beep. My heart goes beep, beep, beep. Beep, beep. Beep, beep. My heart goes I'm not going to lie. I can be pretty forward. I can just give guys my number. I don't really wait for them to ask because that's how I do. I don't know how to flirt is my other problem. So it's pretty much just, oh, I'm talking about comic books. You don't get that I'm flirting with you. Let me give you my number. Are we clear now? Good. Because I'm a giant nerd and I like to talk about Batman and Battlestar Galactica. Happy New Year, everyone. I'm Andrea Salenzi and this is Why a Why. This is what I think dudes like. Today on the show, Girls Gone Wild. Not what all dudes like. Stories of times we try something new and either succeed beyond our wildest dreams, fail miserably, or just black the whole thing out. Clothes will come off, our friends will watch our most shameful moments, and we'll get so terrified that our dates will just start eating our pasta right in front of us. Plus, later in the show, I'll get to know Nancy Hartunian. She's the powerhouse behind the Savage Love cast. Something you should know about my friend Priya is that she has an intimidating job, and it sometimes gets in the way of her dating life. She'll meet a nice guy. He'll ask what she does. You can practically see, like, the erection just go flaccid. Like, it's just like... What do you do? Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Priya. I'm a trader. T-R-A-D-E-R. I broke the economy, apparently. That's what I did, single-handedly. I'm powerful, very powerful. When she isn't ruining the economy, Priya's dating life is pretty typical. Group hangs and then maybe some making out and some texting and then you're sort of seeing each other and having drinks. In this story, we'll hear about her very first grown-up lady date. Some backstory. First, she met a nice guy. It turned out he worked a few blocks away and in her industry. At one point, they even got a drink, and he insisted on picking up the tab. So I asked him if he'd like to have dinner sometime, which I did because that's what grown-ups do. They, they go to dinner. <laughs> they don't just get drinks anymore. They, they go to dinner. That's what grown-ups are supposed to do. So that's what I did. I asked him to dinner. <laughs> I think that's the first time I've ever asked anyone out on a date. Again, I have given guys my number before, but I think that's the first time I've asked someone out on a date. What inspired you to do it? I really thought, what the hell? He's 
you know, I know that he's I know that he's a nice guy. He's funny. We were getting along well. I w- wasn't that I was I don't, I, I don't know. I just really, it was really like, what the hell? What, what, whatever. What do I have to lose? So then date day arrived. He picked me up in my office, which was again, half a block away from his. And I asked him where we're going. He, he said he had a few restaurants in mind, but he um, specifically was thinking about this one restaurant because he'd been there before and it's kind of a cool design. And also they have a lot of, options because he knew about my whole steakitarian thing so there are plenty of vegetarian options but they also have steak if I felt like steak it was very considerate and we sit down and yeah there, there are tablecloths and candles and it's, there's romantic lighting and there are couples everywhere I was really nervous like I barely ate <laughs> I I had this big bowl of pasta and like we'd I think we split some kind of bruschetta. I'm on this proper date as a girl. I'm like, I ordered pasta. I'm like, are girls supposed to eat finish their food on dates? What are girls supposed to do? I don't know. And then I just got nervous. I was like, well, I can't eat. I think he finished my pasta too. He like ate his food. He finished the pasta. I think I was just drinking pretty steadily at that point. Journey to the was it romantic in any way at any point like do you ever remember like looking at his eyes and being like god this guy's so funny and he really gets me no because i was so uncomfortable i don't even remember what we talked about i'm sure we talked no idea what we talked about Do you think you looked crazy when you guys were in the restaurant? Do you think I you might. looked like you had blacked out and you were in just like sheer white panic? Like a trapped wild animal. Your eyes were giant. Probably. Looks like some kind of a crazy alien. I think I was like, smile, don't eat, just keep drinking. It'll all be over soon. Do you? I mean, it must have been nice to It makes re- it sound like it wasn't fun. I don't remember it. It must have been fine because we got a drink afterward, but I just don't. It was so uncomfortable. And then once we left and we decided we'd go to White Horse Tavern, which we'd been discussing on the subway because we both used to go there. Like, well, why don't we just grab a couple pints at White Horse? So we went there, got the beers, he got a table outside. We're talking about tattoos and argyle and maybe making him an argyle tattoo with some skull and crossbones, which I then drew on. Now, this I remember because once we had a couple pints sitting on a wooden table and a bench on the street outside Whitehorse Tavern, just decompressed. And that was fun. How do you think a grown-up woman would have behaved in that situation? And do we want to be her? Apparently, she would have worn heels, which, I'm not going to lie, obviously a lot of women in New York wear heels. And I think they're all 
bat guano crazy. That's that's redundant. They're guano crazy. I always have this feeling that maybe there's like a womanhood class that I forgot to attend that explains things like moisturizing and um, I can moisturize. I yeah. got that down. I just learned about it. Hmm. I just got like night cream or whatever. Oh, I don't do night cream. Oh, and do know you know that. this? That you're when you apply stuff under your eyes, you're supposed to do it with your knuckle. No, like that. So you don't create wrinkles by doing this. To your, I have there's some there's a woman's school that exists somewhere that I just don't know anything about. I don't think there's a woman's school that exists to teach women how to walk on concrete without hurting themselves. They just take cabs everywhere. Oh, that's I think the, that's, that's the, the trick. High heel. Is that you have to be able to t- also for the kind of shoes that women wear, like your designer shoes, your Louboutins, whatever. You don't want to scuff the sole. You don't want to actually look like you've walked in the shoes. You don't want to ruin the shoes that you bought to not walk in. It doesn't make any sense to me. So. Would you change anything about the way you are? Like, yes, <laughs> obviously. Really? Yes. I'm. <laughs> it's like the worst question I've ever asked anyone. <laughs> of course, <laughs> because no, I guess I'm, I'm not a narcissist. Like, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I'm bad at radio. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Oh, oh I hurt your feelings. No, I, know. I don't know why I asked you that. say no? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> Tell me all your flaws. Where shall we start? <laughs> Neuroses, <laughs> bad habits. I think that I don't want to be the woman who's good at going on that kind of a date. Like, that's what I've been thinking about. Yeah, no, I don't either, which is why I don't think I will ever do that again. Um, or if I do happen to decide to ask someone out to dinner again, I'll I'll pick the place, which apparently you're supposed to do if you do the asking. I don't know. Again, all these rules. I don't understand. The ne- the next the next date I went on was to my favorite local taco joint where things come out in little plastic trays and little paper plates and it's you just fun and casual. You can get, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You get a margarita. You can get a... They have some good hot sauce and they have guac. I mean, it's just very... There's Very a television casual. in the corner. <laughs> I think they were playing, like, Dirty Dancing or something. Because <laughs> that's what they do at the Taqueria. It's, a, it's an amazing, magical place. Um, it was easy. I didn't, have to pre- I didn't have to play grown up. So with OkCupid, for instance, um, and, and talking to my ex, so he's on OkCupid. He was asking about this new guy that I'm dating and how I met him and if it was via online dating. And I said, no, I haven't really done online dating. He was, And he asked me, why not? And when I think of online dating, I think of it as being a means to meeting someone so you can get married. It's a tool that you can use to find a partner to find a husband or a wife, a bit of a marriage market. But because I don't really care about getting married, I'm not that pressed about it. I don't really feel the need to go out of my way to find people because I don't really care, I guess. 
And I've thus far been okay just meeting people on my own somehow. I mean, look, if it gets to it and I decide one day I wake up, I'm like, you know what? I really do want to get married and add to the billions of Indians that are already on the planet, then sure, maybe I will start online dating. Maybe, um, you know, because... But I don't date Indian guys. Whoa, that's a whole other show. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a loaded thing to say. (laughs) Sorry. I've never, I've never, I've never... Can you you stay for another hour? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've never dated an Indian guy, let's put it that way. I've never hooked, I've never even kissed an Indian guy. Why not? Because I find them horribly unattractive. Even the movie stars. Have you seen Indian movie stars? Like the hair and like the mustaches. Wow. It's not that I don't want to get married. I just, it's, it's not a goal. I do have some goals, and they include having a house at one point with a yard so I can have a bunch of dogs. Husband and children don't, are not part of that. It, they, it's not that they absolutely cannot be, but they're just not, they're not necessarily there. Unless I had some kind of terminal illness where I was like, all right, I just need to get this done. I need to, had a terminal Ill- illness that also somehow made me, like a tumor that made me suddenly want to have a bunch of babies. I'm assuming that would be the only way that would make that happen. Matchmaker, husband, babies, and then death. That actually seems really cruel. I leave the whole family behind. No, that's a terrible idea. This is a movie pitch. (laughs) The tumor made me totally crazy. (laughs) Made the worst decisions ever. (laughs) She didn't think she wanted a family until the tumor. (laughs) And then she wanted a family she could abandon. (laughs) Because she's the worst. My friend Priya. She is clearly not the worst. One of my favorite podcasts in my iTunes queue is the Savage Lovecast. And now that I have my very own podcast, I really wanted to know how they do it. So I called this lady. You're listening to a stranger podcast, www.thestranger.com. That's the show's producer, Nancy Hartunian. You know, mostly I sort of feel like the, the, the deflected light of the moon and Dan is the sun. As someone who's produced radio before, I can tell you she is no deflected moon, making a show like that sound fresh every week since 2006, and maintaining Dan Savage's enthusiasm for the program is the invisible hand of a great producer. We really enjoy doing it. Dan says that, you know, it used to be that people would talk about his column all the time when he would give his lectures at college campuses. You know, he travels the country and gives these talks. And now all he hears is people referencing the podcast. So that's, I think, become one of his most important venues for getting his his message out. I don't know. It's great. It's good for us because, you know, anybody can do it. It's super cheap to do. And because Dan's such a big celebrity, we've got a big audience. So we just we just keep doing it. Tell me about how Savage Love got started. Well, uh, I work at the Stranger newspaper, uh, and we were starting to do podcasts, you know, like back, I think it was, we started in 2006. And it occurred to me that, oh my God, we should have Dan do a call-in show uh, because he had had a radio show uh, before. So he was actually pretty uh, 
comfortable with, with sitting in front of a microphone and yapping. Uh, so we just started it. I kind of had to drag him into it. At first, he wasn't into it, but uh, he eventually warmed up to it. And now we're, uh, we've been rolling along for a long time now. What was that first week like when you first opened up the hotline and started getting calls in? Um, they came pretty quickly. I, I didn't think that they would come as fast as they did, but right off the bat, we were getting great calls. Um, and that, that first show is really funny to listen to because you can hear Dan's reticence. I think at the very first show, he's like, I guess I'm doing a podcast now. <laughs> but then uh, eventually it became fun for him. Hi, I'm Dan Savage, and I am the author of Savage Love, and this is a little experiment a podcast where people call in with their questions instead of emailing them. And the benefit of doing a podcast is I can uh, swear, use profanity, um, use the language we use in the column, as opposed to a radio show where you have to worry about the FCC um, slitting your throat in the middle of the night. So hence the podcast, hence the phoned-in questions, and uh, we're just going to give this a go, and I'm going to start stop hemming and hawing. We're going to play these questions now, questions I've not yet heard, uh, just to keep it all spontaneous, like a real radio show, sort of. Anyhow, here we go. To give you a feel for the show, here is his very first call ever. Hi, Dan. Um, I have a little problem with my current boyfriend. We both have an anger management problem. And um, I was at his family's house for dinner and uh, his father is a little well I mean a lot homophobic and he started calling me a sissy and a fag and being really rude and mouthing off so I kind of kicked the crap out of his dad (laughs) it was really embarrassing I punched him in the stomach twice and then I socked him in the face once, and I gave him an uppercut, and I kneed him in the face. And then I socked him in the chest, and he fell into a plaster wall. (laughs) His mom thought it was funny. And the advice he gave was basically this. Uh, I don't know if you can build a healthy relationship um, with anyone. Uh, you seem to be the problem here. Uh, you're, n- n- as a gay person, you're not constitutionally entitled to the high opinions of anybody. Your boyfriend's father can think ill of homosexuals, can think ill of you, and he has a right to say that. You have a right to yell back at him what you think of him and storm out of the house and refuse to ever see him again. You really don't have a right to snap and beat the shit out of him, whatever he said. In your years doing the show, what have been some of your favorite calls who you think about all the time that have made you laugh? What are some of the highlights, if you had to come up with a highlight reel? So uh, one of my favorites that still, whenever I think about it, kind of makes makes me sort of shudder a little bit is <laughs> um, this woman calling in because her husband would masturbate all over the house and leave little piles of jism like on the couch or in the middle of the floor. <laughs> Even though she asked him not to, he would keep doing it. And what's worse, they have a toddler. <laughs> he likes to masturbate on household items, um, such as the blanket on the couch or the blankets on our bed. 
and he likes to just, he never washes them, he just leaves the blankets there, then you pull it up over yourself and feel this wet, sticky spot, and you know what happened. I like, there was one response call that was so sweet. This this woman was calling um, in response to a previous call where the woman had been having um, issues with getting yeast infections, and she didn't know how to wash her vagina. And so this like older woman called and said, oh, honey, here's how you wash your vagina. And she gives like a long, practical lesson on, on how to keep yourself clean down there. You sure need to use soap on your vulva, sweetheart. So go ahead, scrub it out. And if it stings, that just means you've let it go a little bit too long. One that came in recently that I loved for some reason, it was a woman who um, is in the swinger scene and, and she's going to be in an orgy. <laughs> And she's allergic to beeswax. And so she wonders how to negotiate kissing people because they might have lip balm on that has beeswax. Playing with a large group, I would not be able to kiss anyone just because they could have kissed someone else wearing a product with beeswax. This also leaves me to no one can go down on me. A really sad one that we played recently that I thought was pretty interesting was from this lesbian whose family is so conservative, Christian, crazy, that they thought that her lesbianism was caused because she was possessed by a lesbian demon? My mom thinks I am possessed by a demon, and at some point in my life went through a traumatic event that initiated it, which couldn't be further from the truth. I can't seem to get over the shame I feel about being gay. It is something I struggle with constantly, was hoping that coming out completely out of the closet would relieve at least some of the shame I feel about my sexuality. A lot of what we talk about these days is is the intolerance of the religious right. That's something that comes up all the time. And it's pretty interesting because the battle is really being fought hard, as you know. Uh, and uh, I think we're I think our show is a part of that. I know Dan is a huge, huge part of that battle. Um, so I still find those calls really interesting, and I really love it when he addresses that. In the process of doing the show, I guess that, that Dan listens to the entirety of the call that you prepared for him and then responds almost immediately. But am I wrong? Does he take notes? Like, what? what is the actual... If we were in the studio, what would we see happening? So what happens is... Um, so I listen to all the calls. I type out a little abstract of all the calls that came in that week so that he can read them and decide which ones he wants. Uh, then I play the call for him, and as I'm playing it, he's furiously scribbling notes, and then he answers right away. I felt you feel that immediacy. I think it wouldn't work if if there was a delay or if he'd heard it last week. I think that that immediacy is so important. Yeah, the show really is. Um, it's sort of like a, a a quick and dirty show in many ways. In that you know he he gets to it right away. He just opens his mouth and starts talking. And I like that the calls themselves are um, they're not slick. You know, like many radio shows. When you're listening to somebody talk, it means that it's been pre-scheduled and they're at a professional microphone. Whereas with the Savage Lovecast, I like that people are calling, you know, just after they left the bar and something crazy happened and they want to call the show and talk about it. And so sometimes you'll hear some back, background noise, but it's real. You know, you're hearing people in the moment. Um, you know, sometimes people break down crying because what's happening for them is happening right then and there. And so I like how the show is a little bit gritty that way. It's real. Have the number of calls grown over the years? Yeah, yeah, a lot. Uh, I don't remember how many we got in the very first week, um, but now we get about 100 calls a week. 
Wow. What's your spidey sense for what makes a perfect call that's developed hmm. over the years? Um, it's a combination of things. So the very first thing is sound quality. And then if it's an interesting question that we haven't heard before, if it's asked concisely and eloquently, that makes a big difference. Um, and then I sort of know I sort of know the kinds of things that Dan is interested in at the time. Um, or if it's a call that we've addressed, you know, we'll, we'll sort of get the same kind of question in clumps, depending on what the zeitgeist is at the time, you know. Um, so... What have been some of the zeitgeists over the years that have emerged? Lately, it's all about bisexuality. Um, people are, are coming out as being bisexual, and that is, it's actually super interesting. I think that, you know, obviously it's been around forever, but people are beginning to talk about it more, especially men. Um, before I did this Savage Love cast, I was in charge of the personal section of the newspaper. And so for that, I would have to listen to people's calls, too, because at the time it was all done through um, through voicemail <laughs> back in the day. And so people would call in and try and lure people using um, like a little voicemail that they would record. So I would have to listen to those, too. And back then, there were, you I don't remember ever hearing anything about male bisexuals. But now you hear about it a lot. And that's something I think that's really changed in society that you can hear just through these calls. So that's one thing. Then another thing that's really, um, you know, uh, transsexual rights is a big, a big topic these days. We're getting a lot of calls about that. Labels, like what, do you, what pronoun do you use, that kind of thing. So that, that's a couple of things that we've been hearing lately. I love what you said about looking for diversity in the calls and, and looking for, to bring new topics into the mix. What are some mm -hmm. of those cliches that you've gotten sick of over the years? It's beginning to get old um, we want a unicorn, you know, a unicorn being usually a woman who will sleep with a couple in a three-way. That's called a unicorn because <laughs> they're mythical, hard-to-find beasts, right? But now they're getting to be less and less hard to find. But anyway, it'll be like, how do we find a unicorn? You know, which is a really common thing because a couple will want a woman to join them. Um, or long-distance relationships. How do we make a long-distance relationship work? You know, that's just really common and a little bit dull. Sorry, folks. Hmm. What are some of the caller cliches that have emerged over the years? I've been, I was thinking about how, um, I think Dan once said that you guys constantly hear someone saying, this person's great, this is so wonderful, this is so wonderful, and then you guys always know a but's about to happen. <laughs> yeah, that, that happens most calls. People will start out by saying, yeah, we have a really great relationship. Uh, we have a really great relationship. The sex has been really great our entire time that we've been together. Uh, we communicate really well. Everything is really great, <laughs> of course, except for one thing. And then here comes the but. She has a knack for getting drunk at parties and making out with people. He beats me, and we never have sex, and I'm miserable. <laughs> yeah, you can learn a lot about people by their vocal mannerisms too. Like if you spend time editing audio, you'll notice that there'll be the big um just before they drop a big bomb, you know? Got a question. Long time listener. Love the whole thing. Um. Something I, I always talk about with my friends is you can tell that Dan kind of uh, doesn't enjoy the underwriting. <laughs> you know, like he kind of sounds <laughs> like like he's trying to grin and bear his way through it. No matter your partner, this has something for everyone. Bring your fantasies to life. Not discussed on sale now wherever books are sold. You know, and I think that makes it more fun to listen to for me as a listener. Um, do you enjoy the underwriting? How, how do you feel about that process? Oh, you know, I mean, we have to do it. Um, 
I kind of like doing doing the reads that I do. Um, I don't mind it. He he really hates it. It's really great to hear that you enjoy hearing his him suffer when he <laughs> reads those ads. That that makes me happy somehow in a perverse way. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's um it's just the way it has to be. It seems like in the podcasting world, it's it's a really different medium um, than radio or uh, newspapers where we come from. In the newspaper world, you know, advertising and editorial are supposed to be completely separate, and we take that very seriously here at The Stranger. So it's hard for Dan because he has to read these ads, and in podcasting, it tends to be that the host will go on and on about how great a product is, and they'll pretend that they really believe in it. That's sort of the way that it's supposed to be in podcasting. Let me just tell you something. I've sent my mother these flowers. I've sent people these flowers in my life. This is a sweet deal, man. Flowers have an impact. I know it sounds hacky, but it's true. And at a certain point, you're going to start to feel it's disingenuous. Like, no one really loves a mail service that much. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's a hard thing for us. So Dan sticks more to the NPR model where, you know, you get your copy and you read it, and it's very clear that he's reading it. That's what he's going for, and, and so... Um, there's a little tension there between us and the podcasting world. Yeah, so I think it's interesting that as your podcast has grown in popularity, you guys have come up with a new model to sustain it. So how did the the Magnum podcast come about, and how's it going so far? Yeah, so the Magnums are, so now we put out two versions of the Savage Lovecast. One is about 45 minutes long, and it's free, and then you have to listen to me and Dan Hawk ads. <laughs> Um, maybe you love that, though. And then uh, we've started a new version called the Magnum version, which is twice as long. And there's no ads. And there's more guests. Uh, we, we bring on um, researchers to talk about different um, sex studies that they've done. That's a, a regular feature that we do. And if we ever get like a big, big star guest on, we'll put it on the Magnum. And it costs um, a little bit of money to subscribe to it. So with these two versions, it's nice because we're beginning to make a little bit more um, for the show, which, which we need. Uh, and people like it. Yeah, it's going really well. Um, and uh, not very many shows are doing this yet, but I think that they probably will and they probably should. The reason that we were able to do it is because we've kept the show uh, kind of short. 45 minutes is how long it's usually been. But a lot of shows, they just go on and on and on and on and on. Um, so we were able to double the show easily, and that's what people wanted. Uh, so we're giving it to them. What are some upcoming interviews or special episode ideas that you guys have ahead? Uh, we're going to be delving into the horrible world of sex trafficking pretty soon. We're going to get some experts on to talk about that, what's really going on, and um, what kind of activism there is around that. And then we also are going to have a sex worker panel of um, sex workers just to answer people's questions about what it's like in the business. That's something that's coming up pretty soon. Um, and, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll pull some little tricks out of our out of our bag soon, too. If someone really wanted to get on the podcast one week, what are some of your basic tips for how to get on the show? Well, the first thing is to try to call from a landline where it's a really clear connection. Keep it under three minutes. <laughs> um, and if you, some people you can tell that they write it out and read it, and that's fine, but 
uh, I recommend that it don't sound that you're doing that. <laughs> Sometimes people will call and they are clearly re- reading from a card. You know, you don't want to sound like that. Um, and otherwise, you know, be honest. Just just uh, tell, tell the truth about what's going on with you. And, and if it's going to work for Dan, then we'll play it. People will always have sex problems. <laughs> And they'll always keep changing. It's like, it, it's, this is not going to ever, like, oh, problem's fixed. We don't need to do the show anymore, you know? That was Nancy Hartunian, producer of the Savage Lovecast. To start getting the podcast, a show that will make you a better person and lover, go to savagelovecast.com and click the subscribe button. Shut up. do not go well no well i mean i think that's a matter of opinion i think they went very well for someone and i think they went very wrong for someone and i think someone else was caught in the juxtaposition and was just really uncomfortable that's my best friend casey she lives in kansas city missouri now but she was recently in town for the holidays and joined me in the studio we're at the russian day spa we're having an incredible time. It's an okay time. We're sweating profusely, if that's what you're into. No, we're sweating, we're gabbing, we're dunking in cold water. I can't plunge without you. I've realized that. Well, you couldn't plunge I when couldn't I was... plunge. You plunged competitively? Is that why you plunged? <laughs> Maybe. Plunging. You plunged because I was a plunger. You're a plunger. I, I can't... love the plunge. Oof. The amount of mental buildup you have to have to get yourself to jump into 40-degree water is pretty intense, and I do not have that alone. I understand. So we're, we're alternating between steam room, sauna, sauna, and this is our first time banya-ing together. At one point, we had a beer. We had one beer between the, the rotation. And we are sitting in the American sauna, the classic, if you will. And I see Andrea outside talking to a man. He is a 50-plus-year-old hairy individual with a extended chest, no, an extended belly. Kind of a proud, tall belly, like a belly that goes from from his midsection down. You couldn't read the numbers on a scale with his belly. He hasn't seen his penis in years. <laughs> he hasn't seen his penis since he was 17 years old. Oh, that's not fair. I'm sure he had until 23. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also remember he had a particularly bulbous nose that was very cratered. With with old acne scars. Oh, yeah, he did. Little grisly. Overall, not someone you'd give money to on a corner if they were begging for change. He didn't have a very sympathetic look to him. Yeah, but he was, you know, he was kind of charming. He kind of had an air of authority. He had an air of authority because I'm looking, one of the, the unique traits of this sauna is that they have these huge glass windows. And you can look sort of into the main um, artery of this place. 
and Andrea is, she ran outside to get her key or her towel or something, and she gets stopped by this guy. And I hear him waving around these oak branches saying, you want this treatment, you want this treatment. And I wish I knew the name, but I don't. And we'll just keep on, we'll call it the branch treatment for the branch treatment. Do you want the branch treatment? You want the branches? You want the branches? And you were so nice. And you were, you were in typical Andrea fashion, being very polite, but very obscure. Well, I had been very curious about the branch treatment. It's traditional. We had, it's like a traditional thing. And I'd actually gone to Twitter before we went to the Russian baths. And I had asked my followers at Andrea Salenzi, should I do this treatment? And three of you chimed in and said, yes, of course. A resounding yes. It It was a resounding yes. One of my future guests said yes. My roommate said yes. Yeah. Everyone was very enthusiastic that I should try this. (laughs) So you're having this nice conversation, and this is the part of it that I regret deeply, is that I grab my towel and I jet out the door. I'm like, yes, she is in. She wants to do this. And you're like, okay, we're in. And he looked at both of us and he said, I'll do both of you. I'll do both of you. (laughs) And me and Eva like, I am out. (laughs) Wait, no, you had asked if he would do both of us. No. Because we had talked about... Why would I say... We had talked about doing like a couple's treatment when we got there. (laughs) And we had this joke about doing a couple's treatment. But I don't think I ever said to him like, two for one, two for one. (laughs) I think he was like... I think he was very proactive in it because... I think he he thought, oh, two girls, oh, this will be fun. Come on, everyone, everyone in the, the Russian well, no, sauna. I think he could see that I was a little afraid and that maybe I would be more willing to do it if, if you came along. Right, possibly. Two for one. So he said, well, I have to finish with my brother and then I'll do you. And before when we had checked into the Russian spa, we had talked to the guy at the front desk and we said, well, if we want to do this treatment, who do we talk to? And he said, talk to Nick. He, he said, old, you know, the funny part was that he said old Nick, like as if old, <laughs> old, like, why is it old Nick and not just Nick? How old is Nick? Is he going to die if he comes out and gives me this treatment? So I had instantly said old Nick. No, if he had said a name that was really strong, like, oh, Vladimir. Yeah. Or, or um, Olga. Olga will have you. Olga will take care of you. Well, what's very funny is that when we were talking about if we do this or not, you said, if he's an old man, I'm out. Yeah, tough old lady, I'm in. Young lady, I'm in. Old man, no way. <laughs> and so, lo and behold, Andrea, outside having a conversation with slightly old man, slightly creepy man, trying to convince her, pressuring her, if he I would. was not creepy. Well, not creepy. He was not creepy at that yet. point in time. <laughs> we did not think of him as creepy at this no, point in time. The two for one, or the the two of you at once, was a little pushing it. And I did say to you, I thought, I'm not giving this man his fantasy. You're like, no way but is also, this going to go down. There was a question in my mind, which was, how is this going to be paid for? You know, because they they give you a key at the start, and um, everything's going to go on a tab. So like when we got a beer, it went on the tab. So when he said two for one, I was thinking, oh, great, this is a service that we're paying for. Mm-hmm. And we could get a deal if we went together. But you were like, no, no, no. So I kind of agreed to take the burden of the cost on myself. I will pay for it. You will see how it looks. And then we'll, we'll give this a try. And full disclosure, at this point, I still thought, I'm going to go for it. When he's done, why not? It'll really? be nice. Yeah, I think so. I think there was some part of me that was like, oh, that looks like a really, I, I'm in. I'm in. But, Andrea, you have the pleasure of going first. Well, I have this theory about how I live my life, which is just like, say yes. Say yes to the thing. 
you know, you want to, I want to open myself up to new experiences. And there have been a lot of times in my life where I've been offered to. The finger waving right now is cracking me up. (laughs) People don't know, but I wave my finger every time I record my radio show, every syllable. My finger is exhausted. Um, If anyone wants to donate a finger, Andrea's going to need a finger transplant by 30. (laughs) It's out of control. It's like bruised. It's like limp and bruised. (laughs) The rotation is just not what it used to be. She's got 30% range of motion. Oh, I'm so glad you're here to give me a heart. (laughs) I'm sorry. That is is my burden in life, is to walk around giving you a hard time. Telling me what shows I'm allowed to talk about and which ones I shouldn't talk about. I just don't think that you should admit to everyone that Girls is your favorite show. It is, though. It's better than saying The Bachelorette. You told me I shouldn't tell anyone I watched The Bachelorette. (laughs) And now you're after Girls. We've improved. Oh, shoot. I forgot. We have improved. You know what? Now that I realize what we have come from and where we are, go for it. You are, you love the girls. It's a great show. So, okay. we're at the bottom. Okay, so I'm po- pointing my finger. But I do have a policy I want, of saying yes to the experience. I've, I, I'm trying to think of other times I've done this. Saying yes? I can think of a few. Do you want to try this weird food? Yes. <laughs> Do you want to um, come with me to meet my friend? Yes. Like, I will just say yes. Do you want to live in the apartment above the drug dealer and the schizophrenic bipolar lady? Yes. 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 <laughs> We're doing a bad job at storytelling. We're a terrible job. It's I'm because sorry, this guys. is the dynamic of our relationship. You're so we're wagging. At, I'm wagging my finger because we are back in the Russian bath now. So Andrea is outside the sauna. She is talking to this bulbous crater-faced man. Let's call him Boris, just to make things simpler. So Andrea gets up and she is laying on the cedar planks in the hottest of hot spas. It is and so hot there is a fire in the room. It is hot. Yes. And. It is so hot that you breathe in and your nostrils hurt. I don't think... I am Italian. I have some body hair. But I think I have no more body hair left in my nose because all of it has been singed off by this freaking sauna. Yeah, it's just smelled like burning body hair. (laughs) That was Boris. (laughs) Anyhow, so Andrea goes up. And so we we had this whole game plan. Okay, I'm going to go in and I'm going to put the towels down and I'm going to strategically position her shoes because it's so hot that when it's time to get out, you get out. You don't even wait. You get out. Um, And she lays down. Uh, her belly is on the on the cedars. Her back is exposed. I'm wearing like a bikini with like a, a string, like a string bikini thing. And I also put my head under a towel. Which is good because actually your head, for all of you people who are going to Asana, this is a public service announcement. When you go in, your head heats up faster. And so you can stay longer if you put something over your head to keep it cool. So uh, Boris comes in and he has his oak branches and um, two, he, two branches. Two branches. And he's like, oh, it needs to get hotter in here. He throws some water on the fire. I am in the corner, sweating profusely and just desperate to leave. And he's heating it up some more. And in that crazy moment, I was like, yeah, it needs to get hotter. Oh, I need. <laughs> I want to feel this. I, like, really want it. And apparently, when he moves the oak branches, he's supposed to be controlling the steam. So he's bringing the steam up, and then he's pushing the steam down on my body. And um, it's supposed to be incredible for your circulation. I just, would encourage any listeners at this point to go to YouTube. Yeah, and actually, I already did that for you, and this is what it sounds like. Whoa, whoa. 
lying there waiting for it to happen. And then, zoop, he just reaches down, grabs the straps to my, to my, like, bikini top. Off. It's off. Off. He just unties it with one, one little grasp of his little man paw, wearing a glove. Wearing a glove. Zoop. Yeah, my top, my top is now untied. And at this point, we think, okay, he really wants full back. He yeah. wants full back. Maybe he was worried about the branches getting tangled in it. Because up until this point, we'd seen other people get the treatment, but they were all men. So maybe right. this is just like a policy that the woman, that you kind of unstrap the top. But I'm thinking, oh, if I were at a public pool, I would do this too. I'd line my stomach. Absolutely. Maybe unstrap it for the tan lines. I am cool with this. So he waves, he waves, he waves, he hits, he hits, he hits. And um, we get to this point where he starts yelling gibberish at Andrea. And I look over at her and I'm thinking, oh, I don't know what he's saying. And she looks over at me and she goes, oh, I don't know what he's saying. And so, rightly, we both assume it's time to go. Yeah. Hurry on. Yeah. And he was kind of, it's had to sound like bath, bath, bath. So I was thinking, oh, it's time for me to go run into the cold bath. And so would, I get up, mm-hmm. I get up, I kind of run around the, t- the thing, I get my shoes on. You're sort of fiddling with your straps, you're putting I'm them tying, back on. I'm tying it back together. And he starts yelling, no, 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 no. And he kind of pushes me back onto the plank, and he's like, back, back. And then it's clear, he wants me on my back. Yes. But he will not, he's like in such a rush that I have no time to get my you top back he on. He says... It's no big deal. I have titties bigger than yours. <laughs> Which is true, sadly. He does. He's like, it's, it's no big deal. I've seen bigger. He's got breasts larger than all of us. But <laughs> but at this point, I'm starting to think, oh, this is new. Yeah. Everything changed. Yeah. When that happened. Yeah. And suddenly, I, I, there was no, all the relaxation's gone at this point. Now we're both tense. But I just figured I would rather, I don't want to fight with him in this hot room. I don't want to make a big deal out of needing to have my top on. I, I mean, just kind of go with the flow, and I'm like, oh, it'll be a good story. We're definitely in new territory. Neither one of us has seen this. Neither one of us has done this. And it's sort of like, what happens next? Zoop. Yeah, my top's just off now. Yeah. Just he off. Just, he just takes it off. He just takes I don't think it off. he took it off. I think I just kind of lifted it up. No. I was there. <laughs> I was there you for... You watched my top come off? <laughs> you watched this man disrobe me? When you put it that way, yeah, I, I did. I mean, I feel like my sole purpose in that room was to make sure <laughs> that nothing went really bad. He didn't die, and you weren't raped. I feel like that's what I was there to do. And so when you took the top off, I sort of looked at you. You sort of looked at me, and I thought, oh, what happens next? So I just give in. I just give in. I do the thing I was trained to do, which is to be a young woman who doesn't open her mouth. And I just (gasps) lie there. Randy! (laughs) I hope you're happy, Randy. (laughs) This is what I'm... I think women are told to to go with the flow and not make a big fuss. And don't be a prude. And just, like, come along with it. So, we're on a tangent here because you say that that's what you're trained to do. However, in, like... 4,000 different scenarios I've been with you when you've done the exact opposite. Do you remember when you found the hole in the ceiling in Shay Charlie's? Yes! <laughs> it's our favorite dive bar. I was convinced they had a spy camera above the woman's toilet. Because I was, I was in there and I was looking at the ceiling and I saw a light go on and off. 
Andrea comes barreling out of the bathroom and she finds the owner and she's like, there is a camera in the ceiling and you need to go up there. And he's like 80 years old. He cannot walk upstairs. She's like, you need to go up there and you need to fix it. And it was like the most surreal 30 minutes of my life where you were just like Tasmanian devil in the in the I bar. I did not say you had to fix I did not accuse him of a camera. I just said there's something, there might be someone up there because I heard some wrestling. I don't know what's going on up there. That's true. I might be taking some editorial liberties here. Um, So uh, it ends and we leave and we find Boris outside in the in the main hallway and he's I mean he almost died in there oh he the was heavy breathing he was breathing so hard I was worried about him but and so he started talking and it all of a sudden was very friendly and at this point I don't think either one of us had felt like anything out of the ordinary had happened we were just in sort of this surreal world where this is the treatment and your tops come off and it's Russian day spa and whatever this is how it goes yeah it just felt i was actually i think we're just so happy it was over that we were just kind of chatty and um i have a beer in me at this point like how many of these do you do a week like how often how many clients do you have right is this something is this something that you you take pride in what's your what's your routine you must be an expert at this by now and then he says i'm visiting from canada he doesn't even work there. He doesn't work there. <laughs> he is now just, we go from an expert masseuse to his license in the practice of relaxation to creepy old man who is just there to take women's tops off. I'm, he, and on top of that, get this. He's from Canada. Canada. He's a Canadian. Canadian. He doesn't work there. He doesn't work there. It's un. It's unexpected. Yeah. I let a Canadian take my shirt off. It's unpatriotic. And hit me with branches. It's unpatriotic. I've let other Canadians take my shirt off, but that was, like, totally consensual. <laughs> I wanted that to happen. This Canadian did not want that to happen. Thought I was getting a treatment. <laughs> when facials go wrong. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> did you just say when facials go wrong? I realized. I thought I was going to try on all the different products at the makeup counter. <laughs> I just wanted just new came on my face. <laughs> oh, porn educated. So, yeah. So, he didn't even effing work there. He might drive a cab. We're not sure. We don't know what he does in Toronto. Is that? So, suddenly, when we find this out, everything changes. <laughs> it's like suddenly everything makes sense. Why he wasn't so good at it. Why he didn't wear the hat he was supposed to wear. Like, normally they wear a funny little hat. Why he wasn't old Nick. We thought, you know, it was old Nick giving massages that day. The two-for-one moment, that made no sense. No, that made no sense. Um, And the taking my top off. Suddenly it just all kind of comes together. In, like, the worst possible way. Because now we have this strange cavern to cross. Is it a treatment or is it sexual harassment? Andrea insists. I mean, she is holding fast to the idea that it is totally a treatment. We we finish, we shower, we go to pay, and she goes up to the register boldly and says, I want to pay for my treatment. <laughs> I, I think, like, I just turned around like, no, no, you are not paying for that. Well, he was like, well, what did you do? And I said, well, we were here for the day and we ordered a beer. And then I got this the brush the branch treatment. And I'm like, Andrea, he didn't work there. <laughs> he is just a guest. I still thought maybe he was like a freelancer. 
he just comes there sometimes and Traveling like offers his services. Yeah, he's he's when he's he, one if of you, the most he mediocre. Goes from, he goes from bath to bath. When he's visiting his brother, he works at this bath. Um, and the guy was like, "Who was it? Who?" And he like didn't know who could have possibly performed this service on me. It was bad. He said, "Yeah, I'm not going to charge you for it." Oh, I would have rather paid for it. I wish he would have let me pay for it. Because if I pay for it, <laughs> then I'm paying for a service that I'm dissatisfied with. If I don't pay for it, then I just let some dude from Canada beat me with sticks and take my top off. <laughs> oh God, how do you how do you look people in the eye after that? I wish I could have paid for it. If I could have paid for it, I would be able to look people in the eye. You disagree here, though. I do. I feel strongly that you shouldn't be sexually harassed and have to pay for it. I feel like those two things do not compute. I'm just going to mail them a check. <laughs> oh, what is a, what is Tobias saying in Arrested Development? Denial is when a thought is so repulsive to you that your, your mind actually rejects it. <laughs> Andrea writing out her check like for the treatment. $40 with tip. Smiley face. The good news is I saved how much $30. Money do, you, do you think it was $30? Yeah. The we, good news is I saved 30 bucks. The bad news is that you have to live with this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. How will I move on? Every time I tell people this story, they just feel really sad for me it's they a really so sad, sad for me i mean my mom just kind of after i told her she just said oh no okay well we'll talk later okay i gotta go now <laughs> bye i'm at fred's house bye. is there a hotline for this is there some sort of counseling you need for this i don't know what i can hear that's gonna make me feel better about it i think you need to compartmentalize this into that place of your brain which is i tried something and it went terribly wrong but I tried it, and now I know, and now you've got this whole experience under your belt. An open letter to Boris who touched me. Boris. You are not good-looking enough <laughs> to get to see me naked again. Dear Boris, you might have seen bigger, but you haven't seen better. <laughs> Dear Boris, they may be small, but they are perky and firm. <laughs> Dear Boris, a handful is enough. Dear Boris, I haven't... Heard any complaints from guys who I let touch me in a consensual manner. Dear Boris, I want those 20 minutes back. Dear Boris, you owe me dinner. <laughs> Dear Boris, who are you and why? At one point I looked to you for help. And I said, don't look at me. <laughs> because you describe it best. <laughs> You just snapped, don't look at me. And I realized that you were looking in my eyes and you, re it was like when my dog's pooping and she looks at me and she ha her eyes are full of like shame and she looks so helpless. And it's an uncomfortable shame. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable shame. You don't want to make eye contact when someone's <laughs> going through that kind of a shame. I realized that if Casey saw me in that moment that this was going to leave a mark <laughs> on her and she deserved better. I don't want my last memory of you to be those look of fear and dread in your eyes. I want that look of, like, happy, smiling Andrea as she's raving about about how the ashes you found in her neighbor's trash can were human. I want that Andrea. I do not want Andrea being, like, borderline harassed.
I'm Andrea Salenzi. You can subscribe to the YOY podcast and learn about the music I feature by visiting yoyradio.com. I'm looking for stories right now about crazy exes, poly relationship success stories, girls who are gamers, and that time you went viral. Our podcast artwork is by the New Year's baby, Greg Harrison at gregcircanow.com. Thank you to my latest batch of iTunes reviewers. That's A.V. Truff and Acid Reg, who called the show cringeful and funny. Thank you, guys. I promise more hilarious tales of borderline sexual assault soon. (laughs) I'll be joining you for our first live show on January 8th from 7 to 8 p.m. with my grandma Phyllis. You can listen to that live on WFMU.org and even call in live. Again, Wednesday the 8th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, I will be unedited and in front of a microphone with my dear grandma. So I hope you join us. This is WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, and online, WFMU.org. What do you think everyone should know about me that only you would know? Like, what are some disclaimers for people who are starting to get to know me and feel like they're my friend? Oh, I love this question. Okay. Oh, well, I mean, I, I mean, I have a hard time boiling it down to just one, but... Andrea has this amazing ability to perceive the world around her as this completely and wildly different place than it is. I mean, there have been some times with Andrea where the things that I have lived with her have been totally different experiences for her as they were for me. You either fall completely in love with someone too soon or write them off too soon, but it's rarely the experience that you have and so like somewhere around date three or four everything will shift and you just have to be prepared because what starts at the beginning never never ends up by date five um something i've been wanting to tell you is (gasps) what it's not about it's nothing to it's not i'm pregnant (laughs) I couldn't be pregnant. It's been so long, guys. Jesus. It's been so long since we started this radio show. <laughs> can, you, can you sense the desperation? <laughs> Please, someone, anyone. A fundraiser's coming up, and guess what the grand prize is? <laughs> you can hit me with branches and take off my top. She doesn't say no until the next day. <laughs> until she tries to pay for it and can't. <laughs> so what's your going rate? 50, 100? What do I owe you? <laughs> No, I don't know. We got enough. Bye. God. Bye. Hey, we have to sign off. No, we don't. Good night and good luck.